Hey, it's Rob from successunlocked.com and welcome to the podcast. This week, we're chatting to Haleli Azulai about the importance of big, scary decisions and how you can burst through them to achieve pretty much anything you want. There's so much gold going to be coming in this episode. I know that for a fact. And sometimes the things that we want to do in our lives just require us to do the stuff that's scary and that's okay. We're going to talk about it in this episode. Now, before we dive in and speak to Haleli, I wanted to tell you about something I've got for you that's totally free. I'm a big believer that the stories we tell ourselves, the beliefs we hold about what we can and can't do and the things we are good and aren't good at actually have the ability to either propel us forward or hold us back. So with that in mind, I've created a free worksheet that I'd love to give you to help you to eliminate limiting beliefs and replace them with more positive and empowering ones. If you want to download it, it's totally free. It's on the resources page on my website. Just head over to successunlocked.com forward slash resources and you can download that completely for free. But before you do, let's start the show. This is Success Unlocked, where we uncover what it really takes to become the happiest, most confident, motivated, and truly fulfilled version of yourself, with advice and inspiration to create your own extraordinary life. Whatever success means to you, it's waiting just around the corner. As I said, this week we are chatting to Haleli Azulai. She's been in the world of personal development and leadership development for over 25 years. And I could tell from our conversation before hitting record that becoming your best self is something she's really, really passionate about. And she really focuses on the interaction between people, how you can make that more successful, and why communication is a really, really important part of success. She's published two books. She's had a podcast for over five years. So I have to be on my best behavior. Otherwise, she's going to give me terrible marks at the end end of this. Very excited. Haleli, welcome to Success Unlocked. How's it going? Thank you, Rob. I'm glad to be here. So far, you get an A. Fantastic. How about that? <laughs> Didn't even have to pay her to say that. This is great. So welcome to the show. Uh, I'm really excited to dive into this conversation. Before we do, I'd love to know, success means totally different things to different people. It, it's such an unquant- It's a, such a, 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 an unmeasurable thing. What do you consider success to be? What does success mean to you? Yeah. And I, I think that it's good that it means so many different things because what it means to you is what it means. If you can't take someone else's definition, uh, because it's your life and ultimately you feel successful or you don't feel successful. So you have to figure it out for yourself. But I can tell you that for me, it means optimizing potential. I think that we all have unbelievable potential. All of us have gifts to give others and ourselves and talents to use. And some people make a path to really optimizing those and maximizing their fulfillment using their talents. And some people, for whatever reasons, live a life that's un- either untapped or still locked up, right? Like you're, you're talking about unlocked uh, success, but you're, you can maximize your potential only if you engage with that intentionally, actively, and pursue it. I love that. Very cool. Now, for people who haven't come across you and your work yet, take us behind the scenes. Give us a little bit of a, a backstory. What, how, what, what are you doing and how did you get to where you are? I run a company called Talent Grow, which I founded in 2006. I develop leaders that people actually want to follow because just having a title does not make you someone that people want to follow. And so leadership is a passion of mine. It's really just a specialized form of communication, which has always interested me. I, so my whole career has been around employee development and leader development in organizations. 
And to me, that is an opportunity to help people uh, optimize their potential and maximize their talent in what they do most of the time, which is work. And most people work inside of larger organizations. And so that's where I swim. And uh, the idea of communicating with others and leading others, using your emotional intelligence and thinking about how to maximize the outcomes of your communication for maximum success for both you and the other person and the organization. That's something that is obvious in terms of what you need to do, but it's not obvious in terms of how. So that's uh, the kind of work that I do. It might mean uh, speaking at large conferences or meetings to help people recognize the ideas and get some insights. And then often I come into organizations to consult with them about how to develop leaders, how to create a strategic and intentional development program for leaders, as well as, of course, a lot of times skill building around particular leadership skills in workshops and things like that. Really cool. Now you've come from quite a quite a journey. You went after a career or a dream of being a ballroom dancer. You moved across the country from Maryland to California, started your own business, supported a son becoming a professional skateboarder. Loads and loads of stuff going on. And there's some big scary decisions have to be made along the way with that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, you know, life is, you cannot live a good life with avoiding experiencing fear. I mean, it's, it's some people really try to avoid fear and they live a life that's very limited if they do, because fear is part of success. Fear is part of action. Fear is part of growth, you know? So what you need to do is learn to, instead of recoiling from fear or avoiding or shunning fear, it's embracing it. And that sounds like cliche, you know, like those self-help books, but I've learned it the hard way that big, important decisions are terrifying. And what's most terrifying about it is the factor of risk. You know, you don't know, you don't get guarantees that it'll work. And different kinds of scary decisions have different reasons why they scare you. But ultimately, it's this idea of no guaranteed success, potential failure, um, potential embarrassment, potential, you know, I mean, sometimes big decisions involve potential risk to, to your life maybe, but most of them don't involve a risk to your life yet people avoid them as if they're going to die as a result of trying that thing out. That's one of the things I, I try to help people recognize. And I try to use stories from my life where I've learned those lessons to help uh, empower others and embolden others to recognize that you're going to feel fear. And so instead of thinking, thinking, what could I do if I weren't afraid, which is the question that Cheryl Sandberg offered in her her book, Lean In, a better question to ask is, what would I do even though I'm afraid? And that acknowledges the fact that fear will be there. You can't make it go away, but you can still move forward. I really like that. So that sounds like we're starting to like reframe the idea of what fear is and how we can look at it. What are some of the misconceptions and things that are sort of really stopping people from facing up to these fears and and just doing something about it? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I I like to geek out on neuroscience, it's an amazing, relatively new field in in science. And I'm no neuroscientist or scientist. I don't even play one on TV, but I enjoy (laughs) learning about what it shows us, which is we can actually show in people's brains how we really do operate from this. There's a core in our brain that is there to keep us safe. The number one function of our brain is to keep us safe, to keep us alive. And that's something that we share with animals and it is something that we share with our prehistoric self, you know, the, the sort of the, the caveman uh, on the tundra. But the things that our, our 
biological or our hardwiring are geared to help us stay safe from are definitely very different nowadays. And what neuroscience is showing is that we're a social animal. So our fear and the, the things that trigger that center in our brain, that threat response center can also be social. So something simple like, well, clearly it'll get triggered if there's a tiger attacking you, but most of us do not get attacked by tiger. However, they have these crazy experiments where they wire people up to fMRI machines and they put them in the lab where there is a person in a lab coat that tells them we're going to do a focus group and everybody's opinion matters. And yet one person gets skipped over every time they ask for everybody's opinions and one person just kind of gets ignored. Well, that person's brain lights up in the same intensity, in the same location as it would have if a tiger were attacking them. Isn't that crazy? They're in an experiment. They know it. And yet the threat center in their brain tells them this is a risk to your life. Why? Because if you get ignored, then that means your opinion doesn't count. That means the things that will happen, you'll be, they'll be out of your control or you won't get a promotion or you might lose your job. So we operate out of threat and fear regularly, subconsciously. And what we need to do is learn how to operate in the rational part of our brain as a result of thinking about what we've experienced initially, like that gut reaction comes, but it doesn't mean we have to react based on that. What we can do because we are rational thinking beings is we can move the thinking into our rational prefrontal cortex and think, okay, now wait a minute. Is this really a risk to your life, Haleli? Or are you just overreacting? What really is the risk? What would be the worst that could happen? What other options are there? What good things could come of this? So if we think more rationally, we can make better decisions rather than reacting based on that initial gut reaction, that emotional reaction, which we cannot avoid. It's baked in. So step number one is to buy a tiger <laughs> and then tell the tiger to attack you whenever you try and shy away from doing something that's really important. No, okay, so let's not, yeah, buy, let's not go like, buying tigers. That'll teach you what a real risk is. <laughs> and then we'll have a Netflix show made about us and all kinds of things. Mm, so before, get before we that. get onto that conversation, let's talk about something else. Uh, this sounds really, really interesting, I think. And, and you know what? You said something there that I think is so important. So many people are so focused on the what's the worst that could happen bit. And they don't get to focus on the good things they're going to miss out on. Like the fear of missing out on all of the amazing stuff that could happen is often would often eclipse the what's the worst that could happen and if you just change that mindset i think that's so so important so like we said at the beginning you've made all of these big changes in your life you've gone after all these big things you've helped your son go after a really big thing and there's lots of difficult and scary decisions along the way let's talk about what what are some of the lessons that you've learned the hard way that have helped you to really navigate these decisions in a more courageous way yeah so I do find it useful to think about what's the worst thing that can happen only because it often clarifies that it's not that bad. You okay. know, like one of the best advice pieces of advice I got was from my spouse. Actually, when I was thinking about starting my business uh, back in the early 2000s, I realized, oh, I think I might be well suited to run my own business much better than just being an employee and towing the line. I like to be independent. I like to have integrity. I like to you know, craft my, my future by myself, but it's scary, right? I mean, it's very scary to start your own business and take the risk and there's no guaranteed income. There's no benefits. There's no safety net, you know? And so I was, I was fretting about that for a very long time. And he said, well, if it doesn't work out, you can always get a job. And I was like, oh, <laughs> You're so right. That's true. Like, why was I building it up to be this, this insane thing where if I did it and it didn't work out, the, you know, life would end. It would not. I would just get a job, you know, or I would do something different. I would, I would pivot or I would solve the problem, which I did because two years after I started my business, it was 
2008 and the financial markets crashed and everything changed and my business almost died, but I stayed in it and I was able to figure it out and pivot. So, you know, we're very resourceful people when we think about what we'd like to achieve. So like you said, having a goal and working towards it, knowing that it's worth pursuing means it, it does give you the strength to go through the challenges and overcome the obstacles, which will come your way because that's life. Not having any idea or any goal, then it's that you don't know what to do. And when, when something gets difficult, you give up. So knowing what's, what's possible is very motivating, but also recognizing that the worst that can happen is usually not that bad. Also gives you that, that feeling of, I can do this. Let me try. I, I can figure it out. I like that because, re yeah. sorry, realizing the, the worst that can happen actually gives you a, it gives you a backup plan. It gives you a contingency. It gives you the, yeah. it gives you the pivot that you could, that you could fall back onto if you absolutely had to. And I think that's really yeah. powerful. It's like a reality check because I mean, okay, if people are going to die and the world will end, maybe you shouldn't do it, right? right? Or maybe you should think of new ways to help you overcome those challenges. But most of us don't face that kind of a, um, you know, a, a challenge. So uh, when, when I wanted to, we wanted to move to California from the suburbs of Washington, DC. Well, you know, my family is in that, in that area where we were living and we enjoyed it and everyone we knew and everything we could, we were familiar with was over there. So right. moving across the country, there were no guarantees that it would work well, that we would like it. And it's a very expensive and time consuming effort. But, you know, the idea, you mentioned this earlier of regret is right. also very, very clarifying. So thinking through the lens of, okay, what would happen if I tried it and it didn't work out? Okay. What would happen if I didn't try it? What would I regret more? I definitely knew that never trying and always living with that. What if I lived it the hard way with my ballroom dancing career, which we can get into if you want to, but I, that is a regret that I have. I never tried it. I was too scared. Right. And so if I, if I were to never try moving to California and just always wish I did, how awful would that be it were, versus if I tried it and it didn't work out or if we didn't like it, well, so we can move back or we can move somewhere else or, you know, we can figure it out. Uh, again, my brilliant spouse said, it's just money. I'm like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> Yeah. It's like one I of mean, the things, one of the things you have to overcome with all of this is the irrational part of your brain and you have to, and it sounds like you were surrounded by somebody who was able to give you that kick that yes. was going to get you into a rational thought, but that's hard for some people, you know, How, yeah. what are some ways that we can start to kick ourselves with this reality check of, of, you know, let's just think about this rationally, logically, safely. Yeah. Well, you know, different people have different ways in which they do deep thinking. Some people find journaling to be very helpful, you know, so just writing down your concerns and letting them have voice in a way, you know, that they don't just knock around in your head, but that you can actually put them down. And in fact, sometimes when you write something down, you say, well, that's really ludicrous. So I, know, I, I hear myself thinking it, but that's not true. Or, and um, even you can have an exercise like that where you argue with yourself and try to argue with yourself on paper. So just sort of make a column of worst case scenarios and best case scenarios. And then for the worst case scenarios, say, is that really true? Or what else could be true? Or how would this be false? And try to argue with yourself or think about uh, contingencies. Okay, so if this happened, then what? You know, if this happened, then what? So that you can kind of see that it's you're you're catastrophizing often. You know, you you're you're 
that that monkey brain, you know, that lizard brain, whatever you want to call it, is making it seem like life or death. But when you put it on paper and you try to rationally discuss it with yourself, with someone you trust who has a voice of reason, um, then then you can see that you can overcome it. These things are not insurmountable. But on the on the flip side, what would be the worst if I never tried it? Or what would I miss out if I didn't give this a try? Or what? What could what good could come of this that I wouldn't want to miss out on? So it just allows you to really think through it. I think it's very clarifying. And usually that will help you find the right answer. I love that, especially if the list of things that you will miss out on if you don't do it is longer than the list of problems that may arise from actually doing it. That's that's going to yeah. be really powerful. This is cool. Yeah. Now, you've often spoken and, and written about the idea of working to your strengths. So let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that because that's that's going to really help people in in facing these big decisions that, that come around. So let's talk about how can we actually work to our strengths to make sure that we're supported as fully as we can be. Yeah. So strengths are, are something that uh, means that we're it's a combination of three things. It's your natural born talent plus knowledge plus skills. So you need to have these three things to make up a strength. And a lot of times people mis, misconstrue what strengths really are. So talent, every if you've you know, if, if you've had children, you would know this right away. If you have more than one child, you can see they come preloaded with a program and they are programmed to be good at certain things, to be attracted to certain things, to like certain things. So we know this about ourselves. If we're, if we're open to what attracts us, what compels us, what are we really good at? What do we naturally seem to learn faster than others? What do people come to us at for help on. So those are some clues about what's a natural talent that you have skills and knowledge you can develop and you can develop about anything. Also things that you're not talented in, right? We all have done that. You know, I, I have to run the numbers for my business, but let me tell you, that is not my natural talent. I do not enjoy it. So where do you have that combination of something that you're drawn to that you enjoy doing that you can lose a sense of time doing, plus you can build up your skills and knowledge in it. That makes you um, you know, one of the best there is at it. And that's something that's unique. Not everybody's the same. Not everybody's that good at everything. So when people can work to their strengths, what it means is they're using their natural gifts, which make them want to learn more about them, which make them want to develop their skills in them, which makes them more likely to be more excellent and happy when they're working. So if we could spend more, you know, we would spend a great part of our, our life working if most of us could work in a way that does that, we would be doing better work. We would all be happier. Our organizations will benefit. You know, it's a it's a win, 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 win all to every direction you look at it. So how do we help people recognize what are their strengths and then start working on developing their strengths rather than trying to always show up weaknesses, which is draining and you don't have an opportunity for excellence working in your weakness. That's not where you're going to excel. You might become neutral or pretty good if you practice enough and learn enough, but you won't be fulfilled. You won't be happy. And some people lose track of this and they fall into a pattern of living a life where they're just doing what they were expected or what they were told or what they just sort of fell into. And they forget, they forget that knowledge about the things that attracted them when they were young, the things that compel them. And they, they neglect that, which is sad because, you know, we talked about success is optimizing potential. You can't optimize your potential if you don't work to your strengths. 
And you know what, focusing on strengths, because I talk about this a lot. Some people would say that you should work on your weaknesses and try and bring them up to the level of a strength, but that's hard. That's hard work. Whereas it's you should much neutralize to, your weaknesses. Much easier to lift the peaks higher than, than it is that's to right. drag those weaknesses up. But that's focusing right. on those strengths is so, so um, powerfully going to help you with facing these big, scary decisions because you That's get right. to you get to pull out all the stuff you're really good at out of the toolbox and then throw everything yeah. that you've possibly got at this. Yeah. This is really cool. Yeah. So for somebody who's maybe listening to this and thinking, this makes sense, I understand this, I feel like this is empowering, I could go ahead and do this. What are the first kind of steps that somebody can take forward to kind of identify these big, scary decisions that may be facing them in life and then start to do something about this? Well, journal, journaling can help talking to someone can help, but ask yourself questions. Like if I, you know, that question I said at the beginning, what would I do, even though I'm afraid, what, what could I do? Would I do, even though I'm afraid, you know, just think about what are the things that you, that you're stopping yourself from doing because of fear and just try to explore things that have you felt compelled towards, or you felt pulled towards, or you've dreamed about, daydreamed about, fantasized about, and just, you know, acknowledge them and then say, well, why haven't I pursued this? Some things it may be just because it's, it's the right thing to not do it, right? Maybe it's not suited for you. It's not for your, it's not aligned with your strengths. It might be because you, you have certain life circumstances that say, this is not the time you should not do that. And that's okay. But you can make a plan for, well, when it be, when will it be right? Or how could I move closer towards this? Or what could I do that will give me uh, satisfaction of doing something similar in a way that does match my life and my other goals and the context that I live in, you know, but recognizing that there are certain things we hold back, we hold back on that late later will make us miserable. I mean, I don't know if you've read that the article about the study that had, you know, people on their deathbed, what they regret the most. You know, do we really want to be on our deathbed regretting never, never trying, never even giving it a try? Is that something we, we would like to end our life with? Is that something we would like to, because you know what, you recognize it consciously when you do an exercise on your deathbed like that, perhaps, but you feel it subconsciously all your life. Every day you're living, denying yourself the opportunity to realize these things, you have that feeling in you. You just don't give it voice or you don't recognize it. It might be the source of your anxiety or your misery or your things that compel you to drink or do drugs or whatever, right? Because you're trying to numb the pain that you're feeling of not trying. I am not a therapist, but, you know, I, I think a lot of people could be so much happier because, you know... I think you feel more happiness when you're trying something hard. And I think you'll ultimately be happier in your life, even if you've tried it and it didn't work out. I still think you would feel happier. I think that feeling of absolute avoidance of things can definitely lead to a lack of fulfillment in life for sure. I think there's a big mic drop moment there for sure. Now, listen, I've got a big open question for you here, uh, a big one to throw at you. What would you say is the single best piece of advice in personal development that somebody has given you in your life? And who was that person? You know, I've gotten the same message over and over in my life. And it's one of the reasons why I speak to people like you and your, and your listeners about this. My, you know, when I was a teenager and I wanted to be a ballroom dancer, my very well-meaning dad said, that's, that's not a career. You know, that's very hard to succeed in that. It's going to be, you're not, it's, your chances are very low. 
maybe you should do something else and just keep that as a hobby. And, and I listened to him because I was too afraid to take a risk and, and take the chance. I was not courageous enough. And I was a pragmatist and I didn't try it. And, you know, that's a youth oriented kind of thing, whereas a lot of our dreams luckily can be realized even at an older age. But being a professional ballroom dancer, you can't really do well when you're older. When my uh, teenage son, well, when my son was seven, he started skateboarding and he became just tunnel visioned around that. That's all he cared about. And he consistently pursued building skills and building knowledge on skateboarding because that was his natural talent. And he loved it with a passion. And when he was in high school, and um, we said, you know, you have to spend more time on school. You have to spend more time on homework. You have to, you have to do your due diligence with school. And he said, but I want to be a professional skateboarder. And I don't think math class and science class is going to help me with that. What I need to do is go and practice skating during daylight hours. And that's when I'm sitting in school and then doing homework. And we said, yeah, but you have to have a plan B because you might not succeed as a skateboarder. This is where I'm sounding like my parents, right? Because we sometimes all do that. And he said, so you want me to spend more time working on plan B than plan A? And this is a 15 year old kid. <laughs> and you know, my spouse, David and I looked at each other and we were like, you make sense. <laughs> you make sense. He wanted to go into homeschooling where he could do the work during the off hours, you know, during the dark hours or when he had free time, when we couldn't skate and just do it on his own and not waste so much time sitting in school. And eventually that's what he did. In his last two years of high school, he moved into a, um, a self kind of a self directed program and he finished high school with better grades and he's still pursuing his skateboarding career. So my best advice was from a 15 year old who kind of brought back the karma of, you know, teenager me and what I could have had if I had that kind of uh, permission, I guess, from someone who supports me to say, okay, go for it. Because what I, I again said, well, what would we not be able to live with the regret of him not doing well in homeschool and then he would have to move back to high school, regular high school and we tried it or the regret of he never really made it as a skateboarder because he didn't pursue it when he was young and had the opportunity and that will be on my conscience. Which one could I live with? Which one could I not? It was clear. I love that. So cool. This is a great episode and so many amazing lessons to pull out of it. Now, Haleli, for people who want to find out more about you and everything that you're doing, tell us, where can we find you? So thank you. I appreciate that. And thanks for inviting me and good luck with the podcast and everything you're doing. My, my website is talentgrow.com. That's the name of my company, Talent Grow. And uh, I have a description of my services, a little bit more about me. My podcast is there. My blog is there. And um, I'd love to, to give your listeners a free gift if, if they're Go interested. I'd, uh, yeah, a downloadable PDF that is 10 ways to be a more engaging communicator. And that's just completely free. And that'll be over on my website, talentgrow.com. If you go to talentgrow.com slash unlocked. Sounds amazing. Halali, thank you so much for joining us. We will put the show, the links to all of that in the show notes, which listeners can find over at successunlock.com forward slash ballroom, successunlock.com forward slash ballroom. That's where you'll find all of the show notes and the link to all of Halali's stuff. Halali, thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thanks for the invitation once again. 
There we go. So many lessons to pull out of this. And you know what? I really hope that that gives you the inspiration to go out and tackle the biggest, most scary decisions you can possibly imagine facing you in the coming future. Just listen to this episode a couple of times because I really think it will hammer home some really, really important things. Again, you can find all of the show notes from this episode over at successunlock.com forward slash ballroom. And if you've enjoyed this episode, which come on, I know you have, just take a few moments to leave me a review on your favorite podcast player. Five stars, if you please, and a few nice words. It really helps to spread the word and get more people listening to this really important stuff. We'll be back next week with more amazing content here at successunlocked.com. You've been listening to Success Unlocked. Don't forget to stop by at successunlocked.com for full notes and resources from this and every other episode. Then subscribe so that you don't miss out on anything.